Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. I am excited about today's show because we have got so much to cover and a very special guest coming on later on. But first of all, John Brzezink, how are you, sir? Good, how are you doing, Ryan? Very, very well. What's been happening in the week for you? Uh, not a whole lot, just typical stuff, going to work, coming home. Uh, some family came out to visit for the week. There was a wedding down here, so uh, they had a full house. Uh, very but good, very good. Everything went well. Everybody enjoyed the swimming pool and, and saw, the hot saw, weather. And I saw you went and watched the game of football at the, at the stadium or something, was it? Um, not football, it was baseball. Oh, it's uh, the D-backs, it's the uh, uh, Phoenix team here. Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, yeah. week for me has been pretty busy. I've been, very excitingly, been contacting a lot of international arm wrestlers um, about being on the next Arm Fights Unleashed card. So we've had some good results too. There's some big names that are going to be on that one. So I can't wait to tell the world about that. But it's been a pretty good week for me too. So good times. All right, cool. Yeah. Hey, um, let, let's get straight down into the show. Um a new segment that we're going to bring to you guys is a an opportunity where um, somebody who has been commenting on the video from last week is able to send in a question. So we're going to kick this one off with an Ask John segment straight away. Um, John, there was a, a oh, question... You, you, wait, you, you didn't warn me about this. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. And um, this week's question, John, comes from... Uh, a, a fellow by the name of Kasparov number nine on YouTube, and he he sent in the question about Alexei Vavoda and yourself back in um, 2004. A match happened, obviously surrounding pulling John, but wanted to know why didn't a match with Alexei Vavoda happen anywhere after 2004, and instead a match happened with Michael Todd, where Alexei kind of just went straight through Michael Todd six nil. So there you go, John. Oh, well, that, you have to probably ask Igor that. I, I, to be honest with you, I really don't know why um, I wasn't set up with a match with uh, Alexei. Uh, I don't know if uh, it was his doing or my doing that, that wasn't in the cards. Uh, yeah, no, but I, I would have loved to try to pull him again. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that was probably more Igor's doing than, than well, or either that or Alexei just didn't want to, you know, you know, arm wrestle at that point um yeah. i know he took some years off and then he got involved in the bobsled stuff so um he was kind of off and on and uh, i don't know i to be honest i really don't know i don't know if it was it wasn't any lack of uh of desire or confidence on my part i, I would have loved to try to pull him again yeah yeah and and uh, i guess the, obviously the, the the match that we we've all seen of you pulling with alexi was in that pulling john documentary where um it seemed like he that was like his a massive, massive goal of his was to build towards that match. What was the, what was your shape like coming to that? I understand you you weren't in ideal condition. Is that the case? Uh, yeah, until the pulling John crew came around, I was honestly so so close to retiring. I, I was having some uh, serious elbow issues for years and just uh, deteriorating and just feeling like it was the end of my career. But um, because of them, I, they end up getting me and pushing me back into the sport. So. Um, at that particular time, uh, I was obviously, I pulled the 95 kilo class, I was only 209, uh, very light, um, not really training a lot because of just the soreness and the injury in my elbow. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he was definitely very well prepared. Um, you know, as everybody knows, uh, he ended up pulling Travis months before that and then getting beaten beat in the yeah. world. So uh, he had, I think his more of his focus was on beating Travis and then uh, going up against me. Um, but yeah, 
great tournament. I mean, it's evolved into a, a monster, monster tournament now, right? With all kinds of yeah. super heavyweights and you know, just just probably one of the greatest arm wrestling tournaments of the year. But uh, yeah, yeah, no. Well, there we um, go. Yeah, I, I, w I wish I would have been able to pull Alexi maybe either 10 years prior to that or maybe even five years after yeah. that. It would have been nice to, to really test to yeah, see exactly course, where, where I stood. Yeah, of course, we've seen Alexi randomly pop back into the sport, I think, a couple of years ago or maybe a year and a half ago, two years, um, against Tim Bresnan. It seemed like he was going to make a comeback, but then Tim Bresnan put a stop to that. And so Right. I don't know. Right, right, right. Well, he was he was definitely uh, not his size and, and um, commitment that he was back when I pulled him in 2000, what was it, two or four. And then when he pulled Michael Todd also, yeah. he was he was huge, um, an extra probably 40, 50 pounds versus when he pulled yeah. Tim Breslin. So uh, big difference. But, yeah, no, that, he's a load no matter what. I mean, it is the hand size and strength and width uh, and the hand control that he had and the back pressure was, was you know, yeah, um, for sure. It was, you know, unbelievable. Yeah, definitely. Well, Kasparov9, thank you very much for that question. And, um, yeah, John, there we go. We now know what the story was with there. But, um, guys, the, the next segment we're going to go into is going to be brought to you by Arm Wrestling TV. They are probably one of the most big uh, channels on YouTube for Arm Wrestling content. So go check out Arm Wrestling TV. But we're going to do uh, the breakdown now. So in the breakdown, we are going to be jumping into a video and analyzing the specific techniques that are going on there to show you how complex this sport is. And the video that we're going to be breaking down today uh, is a exhibition match that recently took place at the uh, NAL Championships with none other than Travis Bajant and Mr. John Brzezink himself. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay, one yeah. the one guy's really weak he hasn't been arm wrestling for three years he's obviously badly out of shape and <laughs> all right <clears throat> Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the breakdown. In this episode, we have John Brzezink up against Travis Bajan, two absolute all-time legends of the sport here at an exhibition match taking place at the NAL Championships in 2018. You can see here, Travis Bajan on the right, getting a little nervous about this match. It was called without his real prior notice, and he's testing there John's hand just to see what's going to happen. But here comes the official start. You can see Travis Bajan getting tight, looking for his signature hit. John Brzezink maintaining a high contact and getting a stop in a posting-style top roll, absorbing the hit. Travis Bajan looking confident, however. John Brzezink looking to fill the gap and keep the lactic acid on Travis Bajan. But Travis Bajan, the 280-pound Travis Bajan, too much for John Brzezink there. Let's have a look at the replay because some very interesting tactics. You can see off the go, Travis Bajan hits with his high knuckles signature back pressure style top roll, looking to take the hand and wrist of John Brzezink. But John Brzezink very, very intelligently absorbing all of that, that effort and translating it into the hand of Travis Bajan, not allowing it to be on the arm and not losing his wrist in the process. You can see here as Travis Bajan gets comfortable and, and a little too overconfident, John Brzezink will absorb one more hit and watch John Brzezink lean over to his left. He tries to keep the lactic acid on Travis Bajan and not allow Travis Bajan to get a rest and reset for the hit. But here comes the victory from Travis. And the reason for that victory is this change in angle of his cupping. You'll see he cups through the pinky rather than through the index finger. And that changes the angle for, for John. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the breakdown. Alrighty, there we go. Back from the breakdown. John Brzezink uh, looking pretty good there, despite 
being retired for the last three years, uh, you, you showed plenty of fight. Plenty of fight. I, I, I like I, it. I told myself I wasn't going to arm wrestle anymore, and I, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't enter the tournament. I wasn't planning on entering the tournament or arm wrestling anybody. Uh, it's a funny story though. My wife's uh, at the bar having a few drinks, and I'm, you know, over just hanging out watching the arm wrestling matches, and she texts me, you know, because Travis boasted about, you know, if anybody could beat him, he's going to give, him, he's going to give him ten thousand dollars. So uh, I, I says, <laughs> I, I, I laughed. I said, you, you know, if I you know, one in a million chances I ended up beating him. And there's no ten thousand dollars, but she said, "Oh, you still go up there and try anyway." So that's that's the reason that that really wasn't an exhibition match. That was just me being stupid and having a couple of beers with me and yeah. and my wife egging me on to, to go up there and give it a go. So, but yeah, no, it's it's, it's I like it's, it. it's I fun. Tra- Travis looked nervous when you walked up. I don't think he planned on you coming yeah, up there. Yeah, so. I could I could tell he had a little bit of a nervous laughter in his uh, in his smile, like oh shit, you know. But yeah. He would, he would figure out a way to roll out of it. Uh, oh, good. For sure. All righty. Well, the um, the next the next segment we're going to go on to is Play of the Day. This one is brought to you by none other than Lethal Arms Play of the Day. So, uh, John, you want to kick it off? What's your Play of the Day? Well, I wanted to use the uh, Michael Todd-Jerry uh, Catterett match, but then once I started watching it, I realized that uh, the match that I wanted to use was about seven, eight minutes long, and it ended up being a, yeah. a redo. So, um, uh, because of the match with Michael Todd and um, uh, Marcio Barbosa, I wanted to kind of to, to showcase the King's move or, or to, to, to kind of analyze it and look at it. So I, I did a little bit of research and, uh, you know, the Michael Todd Gasparian match, I think it's probably a year ago or so, uh, just to illustrate yeah. some of the technique that is obviously required to be Michael Todd. Uh, you know, we've, we've looked at Andre Pushkar. I mean, he struggled with Michael Todd pulling outside, but he finally figured out how to, to, to push through the match at the end of the end of the match. But the, Gas, the Gasparian Michael Todd is a perfect example of, of what Marcio would probably have to do to beat Michael. And um, mm. so I wanted to showcase that match. You know, the, the, the ability of someone as small as Gasparian top rolling the way he did, getting out on the hand, getting on the hand, re-gripping, re-gripping, and then testing the press, testing the press, and then backing off when it didn't happen the first time, the second time, the third time. Um, but but to, to just to stress the point that that press is the is the finish to, to, to the end of that King's move. And I, I'd like to ask yeah. you, I mean, I know you did like a little uh, skit on the, the King's move, but what do you feel or how do you feel about the King's move? Yeah, the, well, the, the King's Move, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess, aptly named the King's Move as though it's unbeatable. But as you've described there, and, 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 I've, and you've done it yourself, and like you said, Pushkar and Gasparini have certainly demonstrated how to, how, how to go around it. I, I feel like the, the King's Move, or beating the King's Move, is almost like an IQ test on, the ta- on your table awareness. Because so many times I've seen people just try to go through the King's Move and just hit for the win, and... And when you watch people like up against George Zakowitz, uh, you just can't. You're just not going to bleed someone right, quick enough right. whilst you're trying to trying to just hit sideways. So, right. I think that the King's move. Um, I personally, I personally don't like to go there myself. Um, but I respect it. I respect it as a, a part of the right. Sport. It's a difficult move to pull off. I've tried to play around with it a little bit too, and of course, I obviously I never trained to do it. I mean, I just thought it. You know, in the early stages, I thought it looked ugly. But I mean, I have to give Michael, you know, props for, for 
you know, perfecting that and, and doing everything that he could do yeah. to <laughs> to make Michael Todd the best arm wrestler he can be. Obviously, Michael Todd was not equipped yeah. with the the hand strength and size that some of the other his other opponents have, have uh, you know had. So he's had to you know yeah. figure out loopholes and ways around to to make it happen. And, and kudos for him for doing that. Um, and I'm, I'm starting to become more of a fan of it, you know, especially after the Michael Todd Jerry Cataret match. I mean, it, it is exciting to see. Uh, two guys really gutted out like that and sweating, you know, and, and blood and tears and, you know, yeah. seven, eight minute long matches. I mean, obviously arm wrestling needs more drama like that. So I'm, I'm becoming more I'm becoming more of a fan of the. the yeah, I was going to say, John, as well, now that you've turned, what, 54, you, uh, like the, the Kings move seems to be the move for the, the guys that are sticking around in the sport in the later years. Like, I mean, obviously, once elbow pain kicks in and, and joints start wearing out. You can't just fight for the center of the table like you, you once could. A lot right. of guys, a lot of guys right. using the the king's move after they've been pulling for 20, 30 years and it becoming their their go-to. Right. So maybe we'll right. see a resurgent job with the king's move. <laughs> right, right, right. So moving on. <laughs> moving on. All right. So my my play of the day uh, this this week. Um, the WAL had a Syracuse uh, qualifier and um, there was a fantastic final that took place between. Uh, Paul Lynn of, of the USA and Brendan Lemon Mulvillehill. Hopefully, I said that name correctly. From Canada, um, obviously, Paul. I've uh, had the opportunity to pull Paul in recent months and feel what he's capable of. And Brendan Lemon Mulvillehill, I believe, is the Canadian champ up there in his weight division. They had an absolute screamer of a final. Um, Brendan is quite tall. He went with his defensive top roll and uh, he, he stayed committed to this defensive top roll and Paul Lynn struggled to get the, the, the pin um, and what ensued was what was I think a, a, an absolutely outstanding effort from both guys match of the day with Paul Lynn ended up taking it so that's my play of the day Paul Lynn, Brennan Lemon, Mull, Vilhill I think both of them should hopefully uh, have an opportunity maybe next season in the, in the WAL in the main events because they're both looking amazing alright yeah, and to just throw this out here, I mean, I, mean I, I asked you this question earlier in the week, like, where do you go for the play of the days? I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm kind of a newbie to YouTube. I mean, <laughs> I'd like to see some of the newer matches. I guess maybe I'm not setting up the criteria to, to, to know uh, new matches. And I don't want people sending me their matches because I might, yeah. you know, <laughs> Facebook will be flooded with, with, with videos. But um yeah, we, we need to, we need to officially figure out yep. uh, you know matches that are happening more recently to uh, to to look at and to appreciate. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I get you with that one. Alrighty, so the next segment of today's show uh, is another special segment. It is the table talk with John Brzezink segment, and this week it is brought to you by none other than Combat Arm Sports. These guys make the best tables going around. I think even John is on one of these tables in this segment. So. Uh, Combat Arm Sports, thank you very much. Go and grab your table from www.combatarmsports.com. Chopper Zick here again. Um, today I wanted to talk about getting into the straps, uh, when you would want to go into the straps, and basically how to apply the straps once you're uh, um, having to go into them. Uh, first of all, um, when would you want to go in the straps? Well, there's two, two reasons why you'd want to go in the straps. Your opponent's hand is bigger and stronger, and he's manipulating you by um, his hand and wrist strength, uh, and you feel like you have a stronger arm. Um, the straps will help stabilize that, um, your hand and wrist, and uh, when I tell you how to, how to pull in the straps, you're, you're going to understand it can, it can protect your hand from being top rolled, uh, and just basically stabilizes your hand better than you could without the straps. Uh, so smaller guy, um, definitely um, an option to go into the straps. Um, second part is 
which side of the table you're on. Um, if you're on the side of the table where the buckle is on your hand, um, you might not opt to try to go into the straps for that particular match if it's a, if it's a super tight, super match type uh, situation. Um, if the buckle is on your opponent's side of the hand, um, then you're at, at an advantage to go into the straps and that would definitely be a, an option um, that you'd want to definitely consider to uh, cause maybe a little bit of a problem where you would be forced to go into the straps. Okay, the second part of this is um, basically how to uh, get into the straps when the referees are applying the straps on your on your hand. Uh, first part, which stands to reason you'd want the strap as low as you possibly can on your on your arm. Um, this provides better leverage. Obviously, if your strap is up higher, um, it creates less leverage um, higher on the on the, the pivot point of your arm. Uh, so you want that strap as low as the referees will possibly allow it to go. The second part is your hand going through the strap. You want your knuckles high because you want that pressure to be on the lower part of your arm, but you also want your hand to be as far through the strap as you possibly can get it. Um, and then the technique that I like to use is a posting style top roll. Um, it applies most of the pressure on the lowest part of your arm and it, it protects your hand the best, um, best possible way. You don't want any of the pressure of the strap being placed higher on the hand and arm, obviously. So a posting style top row applies the most pressure low on the wrist, hand as far through the strap as you possibly can get it, and then you get to you know do your typical arm wrestling, protect your hand, cupping, strength, uh, maintaining that post, and then, and then going from there from the side pressure. So that basically is it for uh, setting up and um, using the strap. Uh, hope that helps. Bye. Alrighty, back from that segment. John Brzeg talking about the straps there. Um, interesting. I'd love to ask you about uh, your time in the straps. Um, I know that I know that I am a, a puller who trains on the table most of my probably 90% of my table time in the straps. Um, were, were you someone who trained a lot in the straps, uh, or were you outside of straps training? I wasn't a big fan of the straps. In fact, um, you know my uh, abilities as a young arm wrestler were my hand strength. So uh, I didn't like to go in the straps. I learned all my straps uh, from Dave Patton. So when I moved out to uh, uh, Virginia and started pulling with him and pulling, especially on the wrist wrestling table, which constricts the side pressure movement, uh, he he taught me all about the straps and and his uh, his view on the straps. And I pretty much stuck with that throughout my my life i don't typically like to go to the straps uh very very few times that you'll ever see me in the straps but um yeah, yeah there there, def there there definitely is some little tricks of the trade for sure yeah i i i know that i have some pins on people in the straps that i i just i just simply know i wouldn't be able to pin outside the straps so I, I've become, I think it was largely Devin Larratt influence. When he came out to Australia, he kind of said to us that, look, if your opponent wants the straps, they're going to get it. So right. you want you want to start kind of right. from the, from there and work backwards in terms of what you need to, to have. So so I, I right. feel like I'm a strap puller. But, um, right. And, and, and there's no, nobody can argue that the more you practice in a particular situation, such as the straps, uh, you know, the, you know, the better you're going to get at it. So yeah. for sure, if, if that's part of your game, you need to spend some time at practice, a lot of time at practice in the straps. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. Well, let, let's, let's move on to the next segment. We have got um, a big next segment coming up. It is of course going to be talking with our guest, Neil Pickup. Okay. Very anticipated one, this one, because Neil is like the, the godfather of arm wrestling for me. So um, let's get Neil Pickup on the line. All right. Neil, pick up you there. 
Hey, Ryan, how are you doing, mate? Very well, very well. How is the UK treating you, sir? It's not too bad. It's uh, We've just come off two months of, uh, of sunshine. It's unusual for oh. the UK. I think the last time we had anything like this was the, the 70s. So John <laughs> will have only been about 50 years old at that time. Oh, unreal, unreal. It's two it's two thirty AM here in Brisbane. I'm sitting in the shed. We got the Bermuda Triangle of time zones here with the UK, Australia and the US. Uh, so it's winter down here, I'm pretty cold, so you can have the sun. <laughs> just just more evidence of how committed you guys are getting up at John early in the morning, you in the middle of the night. It's all good stuff, man. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Neil, Neil for everyone uh, Neil is kind of the godfather of arm wrestling from my perspective or the, definitely the voice of professional arm wrestling um, uh, obviously there, there's, there's there's so much to, that we could we could start with and ask you uh, but look look, I want to start Neil by asking one of the one of the questions that are um, kind of on topic with what's going on in the arm wrestling world at the moment with, with the WAL back in full swing uh, there's there are a lot of people asking Where's Neil? Are we going to see Neil supporting the WAL again? And um, and when are we going to hear your voice next, mate? Well, the honest answer to that is I'm very much uh, supporting WAL and I'm I'm very much involved with World Arm Wrestling League um, in various capacities. I'm sort of in an advisory role for World Arm Wrestling League. I work very closely with the guys in the organisation there. It's myself and Steve Kaplan are in constant contact. And... Um, I hope everybody's enjoying the matches this year because I've been heavily responsible for those. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're working as hard as we can to deliver some strong matchups. Um, we, we really do put in a lot of time and effort on that and um, pretty happy with the outcome so far. But, yeah, I, I, I haven't been over there uh, this year commentating, but that's going to change. I'll be back in the commentary seat for the final event of the year in September in Atlanta. So I'll be going over there personally. I was going to go over for the one in LA, but unfortunately uh, the dates didn't work for me. I had uh, prior commitments, uh, but really looking forward to getting out there to uh, getting things done with Ben Holden again as well. Uh, big buddy of mine, Ben, so really looking forward to it. And it'll, I think we've got something special lined up in September too. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that is a long trip for you, Neil. I, I feel for you. That's you know, to be going back and forth between there and the states is the trip. Yeah, it is, mate. But you know what? I I, I, um, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. The, the time um, that we we were on ESPN with the World Arm Wrestling League and those events were very special. They were excellent events. I I mean, I've been very, very, very fortunate. Uh, I think we can both say that, John, really, through our careers. We've both been involved in some uh, historic events in many ways. You know, they, right. they really uh, sort of crafted the sport, if you will. They really etched self in eternity. And, and I've I feel privileged and honoured to have been involved with some of those, but I think there's more to come. I think it's exciting times for the sport of arm wrestling at the moment, to be honest. Right. Well, and I wanted to ask you, how do you do it? How, how do you how do you set up such close close matches? I mean, when nobody else can. I mean, are you are you personally pulling all these people to know exactly their strengths and weaknesses? I just it's it's a mystery to me that you're you do such a, a fine job with the uh, with the uh, setup matches. You know that I think. Um, like us all, I'm obsessed with the sport of arm wrestling, John. Like yourself, like Ryan and many other guys around the world, it, it's what I love to do. It's what I've uh, done for over 30 years. It's in my DNA. So I think there's a combination of what you spoke about a moment ago. I've been, I've been well-traveled in the sport, so I know a lot of these guys personally. I've, I've had the opportunity to compete against and train with a lot of these guys. And so you get an idea of how they're going to match up. 
But if you right. watch the sport closely, I, I always think I'm a big believer in styles make make matches. You know, styles right. make fights always right. have and always will. So what I'm trying to do is to take somebody's strengths and weaknesses and sort of put that into a melting pot and put um, somebody who either complements or is a poor opposite to that in their right. way. And right. it's quite exciting. It doesn't always yeah. go well, but um, I think well, I a lot of that trade through arm wars, to be honest. Yeah, and that was it, where it, I got it, my proving ground. And typically, even if a guy's first, second in a tournament, a lot of times matches are, are flashes, right? I mean, the guy can be yeah. just so incredibly close, and it still could be a flash, flash match. And um, for you to be able to put these matches together, like, oh, two, three, four, you know, five, six minutes, um, really, uh, you know, Fine job. I mean, I, 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 I've, you know, I've been armed for 30 years, and I'm, I'm finally becoming a fan of the, of the, as a spectator and watching some of these uh, uh, WAL matches. So, so, fine job. I think you hit the nail on the head with that, John. I think the, the super match format from a spectator's perspective is really, really strong, and I think mm. that's uh, an area that's starting to develop. I mean, the World Arm Wrestling League stuff uh, drawing a lot of attention. We had a lot of success with Arm Wars. Uh, the PAL also have a good card coming up. It's a lot, of, a lot more of the sort of big matches, the talked about matches, it's gravitating towards that, that kind of environment, the super match environment. And it, it allows characters to come through and people right. buy characters, people buy right, people. Right. So, yeah. all good stuff. Neil, I'd have to say that the, the you just mentioned there the characters. Uh, WAL has seemed like they've given a license to bring out the personality in everybody, and it's been probably the thing that's drawn, I know myself and Johnny, we've loved, loved seeing that. Um, has that been uh, uh, something that the WAL has like, encouraged the athletes to do? It has. It does. And also, to be honest, we've tried to select arm wrestlers based upon that as well. The sort of criteria... Mm. I mean, I get a lot of messages, whether it's to do with World Arm Wrestling League or, or some other promotion, get a lot of messages asking me, how do you get in? How do you break into this thing? Yeah. And the biggest advice that I could give to anybody in that respect would be that arm wrestling is a sport. Professional arm wrestling is a sport and a show. Yeah. So everybody watching that wants to be entertained. If you look at the most famous fighters in the world, you call them McGregor's, it's not just because they're a good fighter. They get opportunities because they're the package. Yeah. Right. And the same will be in any sport. You know, if um, you look at any sport, the people that sort of get the most prominence and the most opportunities or the people that bring the whole package of entertainment, and arm wrestling is no different. So, yeah. if you believe you've got that, that you know you're ticking those boxes. Show me something. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for guys that can make a show, that can really arm wrestle, that don't mind getting, uh, you know, in the, down and dirty, getting a bit of blood and dust in there, and getting into battles. A lot of, uh, as John said earlier, a lot of the matches you see at some of the main door tournaments, it's like serving 80s in tennis. Everyone wants that quick finish. Yeah. We're looking for yeah. guys that can get into the trenches. That's what people want right. to see. Everybody wants right. to see that scrap. Right. And, and it has been amazing to me to see the back and forth. I was, I was never a big fan of the super match. I always thought, you know, you beat, the, beat a guy once, you'll beat him twice, you beat him three times. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm, I'm completely wrong with that. I mean, it just seems like it flip-flops between the, I don't know if it's the referees or the strap or, or what's going on, but um, or one guy lets down. But it, it, it really is exciting to see match one, match one, you know, one and one, two and two. I mean, it's it really is crazy to me to, to see the matches flip based on which side of the table you're on. Yeah. There's definitely um, a, a reason for that, I would say. And that, that reason is that the guys that I look to put into matches are versatile arm wrestlers. So they're guys that have multiple ways of arm wrestling. They may have a preferred style, but mm. they've got a lot of different areas of strength. Now, 
when that isn't an option, then I'll put one of those guys in with a fella that's got one acid weapon, you know? Right. So you get that blend. If you pull together two guys or two girls that are able to pull in different styles confidently, then if they're given the opportunity over multiple rounds to try different things, usually they will. Yeah, if right. you've got someone who's got the confidence to think, you know what, that didn't work in the first round, I need to cut that free and I need to take a different angle, that's when you're going to see those matches develop. And, 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 and it really works well at the moment. Yeah. Well, it's it's working well now. Uh, given given all of this, I got to ask you the the massive match that is we're about to witness. Um, everyone mm. is waiting for Devin Larratt v Matt Musk. I want to know who's your tip. You know what? I am gonna because of the situation I'm in because I'm making <laughs> matches. I'm gonna swerve answering that question directly, <laughs> and that's not that's Too not easy. that I don't have an opinion. It's probably ethically a bit on the great side of dodgy for me to make that comment. <laughs> what I'll say is this. What I'll say is this. I, I've tried to pull together matches that are not going to be easy to call yeah. and that in the, out, the outcome is in the balance. What I would say is they've had good matches before and I think this will be the best match that they have ever had. Yeah. yeah. What I, I, and agree. I don't think any man goes through this match blemishless i don't think that what i'm going to try and do when i put when i put any, when i put anybody into a match i'm going to try to make it so that you have a horrible day <laughs> you, enjoy, you enjoy arm wrestling but you come if you come away from the table with the ability to hold your own dick I say, <laughs> that's basically what i'm going to do and and i think there are a few things about this match that have been going through my mind and why, when i set it up there number one We've seen Matt Mask destroying people. He's a bigger, stronger version of himself. And he's already been in a position where he'd given Devon a lot of trouble in previous matches. Right. But Devon's always had that same approach and managed to slow him down. A couple of key things are, we've seen my, uh, uh, Matt's finger dislocate mm. twice now. I think that Devon will try to capitalise on that injury. Mm. That's what I believe. And I think also it comes down to Matt's maturity as a supermatch arm wrestler. He's lost in the past because he doesn't have the gas tank. So he's got decisions to make in the match. Mm. Devin's got decisions to make in the match. And we'll see how the cards fall. But I genuinely believe nobody comes through blemishless. I think they both come home with battle scars. And I can't wait. I think it's very right. good for I think I think a lot to do to do is also the referee. I mean, how how the referee controls the match. I mean if if they allow Devin to do his, you know, to manipulate and to overpower Matt and to, to wear him down before they even say go the first time, um, I think it'll be a little bit tougher, tougher road for Matt for sure. But the referee is strict and says, okay, no, this is it, this is it, no no shenanigans, um, then I think Matt's got chances. He, he certainly has a chance. He's got a better chance to win this match than he's ever had with Devin. I think a key thing to note is that in most Devin Larratt matches, and in a lot of matches, around the world, some people have an approach on the table and only on the table. But in Devon Larratt's mind, this match started the moment it was announced. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen that, you know, the mental games have started, they've been running, we've all had a chuckle at them. And it's how people deal with that. It's how yeah. you, you cope with it and how you adapt. But right. I think he's going to come to the table, Devon's going to try and use any means necessary to win that match. Yeah. But I think um, 
One, one point I will make about this, it's going to be quite interesting in the fact that Devon trains in a club where he is a counter-puncher. He lets everybody jump all over him and then he wrestles from there. And in, that's one of the issues that you faced it, John, other people face it. You sometimes lose the ability to attack as efficiently and effectively as you would otherwise have done right. if you've been training with someone who can really push you to that, to that right. edge of your ability. And right. you don't want Matt Mask and this Matt Mask, a bigger Matt Mask, to be hitting on you. That guy right. starts hitting on you, he's going to do damage, he's going to mess you up. So right. he's got to put the brakes on early. And I think most times that Devon and Matt come to the battlefield, they take out, they've got a lot of weapons, particularly Devon, because he's very versatile. You know, he goes onto the field of battle with every available weapon in his backpack. Everything you can possibly have, he's already got it packed and he can just pull it out at any given time. Most people that he arm, wrestling, arm wrestles against go in onto the same battlefield with a fucking teaspoon, by comparison. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they just don't have the same amount of arsenal that he has. Matt right. Matt has got a lot of that leverage covered. So that makes it a little bit more interesting. There's not too many people that Devon will face with as much familiarity as Matt Scott was facing Devon. Yeah. And also with the length of arm, size of hand, to give him that kind of trouble. So uh, it's got a lot of hype, and I think for good reason. This should be a yeah, banger. Right. It, it, oh, I think he's got, for sure he's got that solution. It's whether or not Matt has that, if he's been, been practicing any shoulder rolls or any, any mm -hmm. you know, finishing presses. That, that, that'll be the real telltale, whether or not he's, he's built up new confidence to, to finish this match. I mean, obviously, I think he's going to be able to put Devin in a bad position. The question is, is he going to be able to finish it? Yeah, it, it, yeah. without a doubt, it's the match of the card and the match of the the match of the year so far, without a doubt. I think, and and if Neil, if uh, if if what you said is right in terms of this match being the best that these two have ever had, it's going to be an absolute cracker. So I cannot cannot wait. This time next week, we will be all talking about who who took that match. But Neil, I'd I'd love to to ask you next um, about your signature series and kind of your your journey in the sport through Arm Wars. Um, Arm Wars set set the world alight for for such a long time on Eurosports, and and it still to this day is one of the most watched arm wrestling series out there on the planet. Um, what, what, what's what's the future hold for, for the Arm Wars brand itself? The, the honest answer to that question is Arm Wars has still got a lot of footage that we haven't released yet, and that's mm. for we have a lot of things going on in the pipeline with Arm Wars, but the fortunes of, or the future of, is probably a better way of saying it, of Arm Wars, um, is intrinsically to the continuity and success of World Arm Wrestling League. Yep. Um, I think because I've not been commentating it, people have thought that I've... Uh, I'm not involved with World Arm Wrestling League. It couldn't be further from the truth. Mm. Uh, I'm called sometimes two and three times a week. A lot of uh, emails and correspondence going backwards and forwards. There's a lot of things that are in the pipeline with World Arm Wrestling League as well. Really exciting stuff. Uh, it's not standing still, that's for sure. So I think the honest answer to that question is I'm, at this point in time, Arm Wars remains on the shelf uh, in terms of where my focus is. Should the situation with World Arm Wrestling League change, then <clears throat> that focus would change. Yeah. What I would say is I've got an event planned uh, anyway, um, which some people know a little bit about. Some of the guys that uh, potentially would be involved in that know a little bit about. But it would be very much along uh, Arm Wars, War, Wars of Nations is 
the most accurate description I could give it. And that's probably coming back end of this year, early next. And it would involve arm wrestlers from Oceania, from US, from Europe, and from the home nations, genetically. So, um, but that's mm. going to be, I'm very excited about that myself. It's the kind of thing that I'm interested in. Uh, the format's great. It's a televisual format, again, uh, a little bit down the sort of ultimate fighter route in many ways. And, uh, yeah, exciting project. Is, is there any plans for WL to go to uh, Europe? Are, are you going to have any qualifiers out there? Is uh, Steve Kaplan and the crew going to make a trip uh, across the water? Couldn't possibly come on, but uh, <laughs> there's, there's, uh, okay. So it's a strong, it's a strong maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, John, you, you don't want to start rumors again, John, about about uh, the no. WA. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got crazy coming out. I, I have no idea whether or not it's true or not. But, <laughs> so, <laughs> if you're if you're lining up anybody other than crazy, I'm going to be. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at a lot of people from a lot of countries as potential uh, arm wrestlers for World Arm Wrestling League. So. Right. Yeah. Well, obviously, the, the other factor is, like you said, the entertainment factor plus the speaking English is probably pretty important for the, for the WAL. I, I don't know. Yeah, even 100%, though that, mate. Yeah. <clears throat> it really is. I mean, you know, at this point in time, um, this, this is a, a venture that right now is centered around North America. Obviously, the presentation and everything at the moment is around North America, so the roster is heavily North American with some international flavour. That can change as the thing goes forward. But um, I think the guys that they're bringing over from Europe at the moment slot in. One of the most difficult jobs is actually selecting the right guys on the right match because mm. there are there are a lot of arm wrestlers out there. There are a lot of really deserving arm wrestlers out there. That I mean, I drive myself nuts with it. Um, that's where the sort of uh, mediator comes in with World Arm Wrestling League because they have a set of guys that they would like me to work with, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, and you're you're sort of restricted a little bit by that. You've got to work with what you uh, you presented with you, the guys you presented with. But there are so many, and slowly but slowly but surely, new guys are coming in there. New guys are being considered, um, and I'm sure that will continue. I hope it does as this thing grows. You know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Neil, Neil, I'd love to ask you, you've had a lot of involvement not only in the arm wrestling world, but in the strongman side of the world as well. We've seen you commentating mm. at, at huge events uh, following Eddie Hall, um, Thor, and, and many others. Um, how, how do these two worlds collide for you, and, um, and, and do, you, do, they, do they blend together? They do, mate. I think, there's, um, I think strength fans are strength fans all over the world. I mean, if I was to ask you two guys, you know, do you like any field of strength, I'm pretty sure the answer will be yes. You know, if you... Mm. If you're into strength sport and you identify with a strength sport, there's a, there's a real crossover. And I think you find that whatever sport you're into, if you go and speak to powerlifters, would they be entertained by and enjoy watching arm wrestling? Absolutely. Yeah. Strong man, the same, and so on. So the, they definitely complement each other. I've, um, I've really done a tremendous amount of work with, within Strongman at the moment. It's sort of a second, become a second home for me, really. Um, the way that that sport has exploded, I mean, we're doing arena shows over here with 15,000 people. Yeah, uh, amazing. It's crazy. You know, and that's been boosted by guys like, I think, like anything else, if you're in an era or you're in a time within a sport where there are great characters and people who are genuinely different from those before, yeah. it really assists the sport to, to, to explode. And Eddie Hall, Thor, Brian Shaw, these people have all really uh, assisted in that respect. And the guys are lifting bigger, 
heavier weights than they've ever done. Ridiculous feats of strength and uh, exciting times for that as well. And there's genuinely some crossover there and some exciting discussions taking place in that regard as well. Right. So the big, the big question is, uh, have you pulled Eddie Hall on the table? <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, myself and, and Eddie have arm wrestled when, when, from the early days. Um, Eddie's not an arm wrestler. So, yeah, but, so there's, there's still that factor that's missing, even with the strongest man in the world. There is in terms of technique. Do I think Eddie could cross that? I do, yeah. And yeah. I think there's others as well. Not all strong men could. Not all strong men could. But Eddie certainly could. I think Eddie is a, a very... Eddie's accolades in the sport of strongman. And I'm not just saying this because we're personal friends. The man is a natural athlete. Since mm. he was a kid. And he's seen him swim. Yeah, oh, bloody hell. Yeah, I have actually. I mean, his mum, Helen, is actually a swimming instructor. And that's where his background in that comes, yeah. comes in. But even at the weight he's at, not only a few weeks ago... Uh, the world's strongest man, this year's world's strongest man, Eddie was whipping people, you know, half his body weight who fancied themselves as good swimmers, and this guy's, you know, pushing 30 stone and smacking the living daylights out of swimming. So he's got some ability that it goes above and beyond strongman. And I think he would dedicate hard, and he, he'd probably be able to cross into a lot of sports. Mm. There's other guys as well that can do that. Vitalpus Lala is another guy that, believe me, that's a bad man. On and yeah. right now, you know, take the wrapping off and get it out. Because that's a bad man. That'll give that'll give most people with the arm wrestled right now. He'd tear a new one. Yeah. That's a very very strong individual. Limited limited yeah. experience, but it can rapidly ascend. He's another very exciting prospect. Yeah, yeah. I've always thought that um that it's kind of like it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. It's hard to teach a strong man to to not arm wrestle on one plane or where he thinks he's strong. And so, so you think, mm-hmm. you think that Eddie, Eddie's got the ability to reinvent himself and, and, and start from scratch if he was to come across. You know, one of the, the, the key things about Eddie, um, the first time that he went on an arm wrestling table uh, in Ireland, going back a, a, a lot of years, probably 10 years or so. And um, as soon as he sort of understood that there was a technique involved with the sport, Yep. He wanted to dig deeper straight yeah. away on that yeah. first day. He had an area of, you know, he's a very professional strongman. He takes consideration about what he's doing in all areas. So but as soon as that discipline was introduced, he wanted to understand what disparate elements made the arm wrestler stronger, made you be able to get that rubber on the road, that power down. Yeah. And he definitely affects <laughs> that. We have, we've had events where Eddie's come and watched... Um, you know, some of the UK lads lightweight and he sat there all day watching them. So he's got an, uh, nice. he's got a degree of understanding and I'm sure he would uh, be very, very keen to do more. But right now, it's just finding a minute to breathe. He's a, he's a busy man. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Neil, Neil I'd love to um, to kind of uh, hear about some of the favourite moments in your journey within the sport. You, you've had a, not only a decorated career in the, the, the promotion side of things, but as an arm wrestler yourself, you're a multiple world champion. You've done it at the Masters level as well. Uh, you've now got two two young young sons, Dempsey and Riley, who are f- following in your footsteps. Um, has there been a favourite moment in the in the journey as on the competitor side? In, in that? Wow. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> So, so many, um, so many. I think there's been pivotal moments. Um, one of the things that was nice for me, I would have to say Arm Wars contains, and the Arm Wars Super Series events contain 
some of my favourite moments, some real pivotal moments. I think the uh, Trafford Centre event, the Acid Rain event with uh, Devon and Mike, mm. was a very, very special event. That was something special. I think Sin City, Las Vegas in Arm Wars, on the top of the MGM Grand was another one which was uh, just the fact that we had, you know, a little tiny venue like that up on the top of the MGM, but packed with so much talent (laughs) at exactly the right time. That was an awesome day. It was good fun, wasn't it, John? Yeah, it was great. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, Sometimes the things that I go back to and and, and I remember more fondly are things like, um, I mean, here's one for you. John and Devon, Lakeside, okay? Now, the match itself, the, the John-Devon match, wasn't the highlight of that day. The highlight of that day for me was that evening, we go back to the hotel and must have spent like three hours just playing around arm wrestling on the goddamn hotel I'm, floor. I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little little lobby, lobby cube, cubes and tables and couches. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and that, that, funnily enough, it's that kind of thing that, that I often find myself looking back on really fondly, you know? Everybody thinks, oh, that probably sounds a bit stupid to a lot of people. But, but in some respects, those are the times that you remember. You really remember that kind of thing. I remember once, um, myself and John, when, when you pulled Dima Kocha, John, you remember that? In the, in the big open-air tent? We'd had a couple of days around that area. It was a nice area. Went for a walk down the, down the promenade having some ice creams and a couple of beers, just good stuff, you know, that, that hanging out with the guys in the sport right. of arm wrestling, yeah. Um, yeah. that's the kind of thing that I really, I really look back more fondly on, mate. Yeah. No, those are the good times for sure. Yeah, very, very, very special stuff. And, and you, you're now doing all of that with your boys as well. Um, Dempsey oh, and Riley, they, they, they look like they're following in your footsteps. I saw some footage of them. <laughs> Their form looks amazing. Mate, Ryland thinks he's John Brzee. Yeah. You know, every time we are, they'll say, right, who are you being? And you, you get Dempsey, he's going to be Devin Larratt. That's you know, good. Or, or, but, and then and, and Dempsey's, other, Dempsey's either going to be Devin Larratt or the Hailraiser. Loves either one. And when <laughs> he, does, he comes out and he actually puts on his own pair of glasses. Right. He's got his own <laughs> pair of glasses that he comes out in. And, uh, and, and, but never deviates, Ryland. As far as Ryland's concerned, John Brzezink's the man. Yeah. He comes out. <laughs> but he's like, a, he's like a revamped version of John, where he's aggressive as hell, and right. really loud and showboating, you know? But it's, uh, it's, it's all good stuff. Cheat's just like John, though. Got that down. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's, that's something I definitely need to work on it to get involved again with the WAL. It's my uh, WWE... Uh, yeah, you heard it here first. Bit of a comeback on the cards there, Johnny. Ah, uh, no. Absolutely, absolutely zero, Neil. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm waiting for you to get about another five. What are you now? You're like, what, 75? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm reminded every morning why I don't arm wrestle anymore. I can barely roll out of bed. It's like my shoulders are killing me. I got so many aches and pains. So, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I want to I shift gears and become a uh, analyzer. Promoter, maybe. I don't know. It's far less painful, mate. Yeah. Far less <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you get about get another about 10 years and a bit more pain in those joints. Give me a shout. We'll have a rematch. Well, maybe if you, you start up a senior league. 65 and over. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, <laughs> oh, good stuff. Neil, Neil, we'll um, look. We might, we might leave it there, Neil. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, mate. Um, everything you are doing in the sport is amazing. And look, uh, for, on behalf of the arm wrestling world, thank you for everything you've done, not only in the last few years with WAL, but throughout the history of the sport. Like I said, to me, you're kind of the godfather and the voice of professional arm wrestling. So, uh, man, thank you for everything you've done. Hey, before before you guys go, I, I got one question for both of you. Yeah, fine. So, 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 what is the difference between the English accent and the Aussie accent? Because I could barely tell you two apart. <laughs> I can answer that. I can answer that question if you want me to, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, just we, we stole a few loaves of bread, but yeah, go on. What is it, Neil? <laughs> the, the, the English accent is a little bit more cultured and refined, and it's a lot sexier. If you go to an American woman, and you, and you if there's me and an Australian. And we both come out of the bathroom at the same time with nothing on, just a towel <laughs> down away. And I start speaking, and suddenly my towel drops to the floor. I can tell you now, the Aussie's getting ignored. <laughs> yeah, ignored for different reasons, though, Neil. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we'll, we'll, we'll have to. It's especially cold in Australia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good stuff. We, we might have to settle that one uh, one day over the table, Neil. Uh, um, the podcast host versus the voice. <laughs> We can do this thing. Not a problem, mate. When, I, when I'm in Australia, we'll have to set something up. Beautiful. Love it. Anyway, Neil, thank you so much for joining us on the show, mate. Um, looking forward to seeing your work with the WAL in the future. And, uh, yeah, all the best, mate. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much. Good to speak to you. Honour and a pleasure, as always. And, uh, yeah, let's hope, uh, let's hope we're in for a stellar card next week. Take it easy, guys. All right. All right take care, Neil. See you. Alrighty, so there we have it, Neil Pickup. Um, what a what an epic story there. Some big stuff going on with the WAL and his matchmaking is on point and arm was what did you think of all that? Yeah, no, I you know, Neil is the man. I mean there isn't anybody more involved in arm wrestling in all respects than uh, Neil Pickup and he definitely can do some magic with the sport. Yeah, yeah, and and good to hear that he's going to be commentating again very soon for the for the final uh, of the, the 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 season for the WL406, which will no doubt no doubt feature some uh, epic matches. So we can't wait to see and hear more about that. But uh, John, as always, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Um, can't wait to do it again next time. All right, Ryan, get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, will do. All right, thanks, guys. Peace out.